the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live and half local here on your community radio. And my name is Treesong. We also have a special guest with us here on the phone. Good day. Yes, we've got you here, Or, so we can hear you and you can hear us. All right. That's a good sign. <laughs> 
Our first news article is kind of interesting because we've been really talking about these exploding rail cars. Yeah. And all of a sudden there's a new emergency orders thing. Well, you might see fewer of them on the tracks. Yeah, I wonder they if they require the- more testing of the oil before it's shipped. Yeah, I wonder if the Department of Transportation was listening to our radio show and decided to look into that. <laughs> well, it says citing an eminent hazard, so hopefully they didn't look at us and think eminent hazard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, citing an imminent hazard of explosion and fire posed by the trains hauling crude, U.S. Department of Transportation issued an emergency order requiring more thorough testing of oil before it's shipped. So they're, they're still going to let them ship it. They just have to test it first. <laughs> yeah, the department's especially concerned about oil from the Bakken Shale Formation in North Dakota and Montana, as it's been found to be particularly explosive. Yeah, we did report on that a few weeks ago. So they they actually, you know, maybe they didn't listen to our radio show. They listened to somebody's radio show, picked up on that. Yeah, they listened to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the order bars, it bars shipping oil in weak rail cars that are designed for less hazardous materials. I mean, you would think in theory they would already be designed, shipping it in, in rail cars that are designed to ship those materials, but apparently they weren't. <laughs> just like, they're just like, oh, let's make some money and send it. Yeah, maybe they didn't read the instructions, you know, people are notorious for not reading the instructions. Yeah, I'm sure this can go on this rail car, it's fine. Yeah, this one also mentions a, uh, organization I'm familiar with, the American Petroleum Institute. They're always saying some of the most interesting things you ever hear on on the subjects of fossil fuels. They told a congressional hearing that the emergency order creates confusion. I, I don't understand exactly what confusion it creates, but other industry players acknowledge that the order makes sense. So they're they're the most staunch advocates for doing anything and everything for the fossil fuels industry. So, of course, they have to object in some form, even if they can't come up with a coherent reason why. I mean, I, it is kind of confusing because regular, uh, regulators won't say how the rules will be out. Yeah. Know, how soon they'll be out. But there are new safety rules for rail cars that are in the works. Yeah. But they won't say when they'll come out with the new rules. Yeah. Oh, the American Petroleum Institute says it causes confusion, and the environmental advocates say that it's not strong enough. <laughs> so, sounds like it's about a perfect program. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't make everyone happy. Yeah, but um, merely requiring testing, but not having an action plan or a requirement to release the testing data publicly, still places our community at risk. Says. Uh, Peter, executive director of the Environmental Advocates of New York. So. Yeah. Oh. I mean, they're, they're trying to find all kinds of ways to ship the oil. And um, it seems like the pipelines have been spewing out everywhere. And that, then there's the train spewing it. But the latest thing is oil is spilling from trains, pipelines, and now... Barges. The oil industry is a, a champion of innovation. When it comes to finding new ways of selling the environment, hey, its resourcefulness 
boast no bounds. An oil hauling barge collided with a vessel pushing grain in the Mississippi River on Saturday, causing an estimated 31,500 gallons of crude oil to leak through a tear in its hull. The accident closed 65 miles of already disgustingly polluted waterway upstream from the port of New Orleans for two days while workers tried to contain and suck up the spilled oil. Now, that image right there for two days, workers were trying to contain and suck up. I think they were using equipment. They weren't doing it personally, but my mind is like, you know, those cartoons of like the duck face people doing sucking up oil. Yeah, with straws. <laughs> the oh. accident highlighted a little noted side effect of the continent's oil boom. Not only is crude being ferried from drilling operations to refineries and leaky pipelines, and of course, in those explosive-prone trains, it's also being moved over the waterways with growing frequency. Mm. If our voracious appetite for oil is spreading, yeah, yeah, and they're because of the uh, increased use of oil and the depletion of existing sources. They're getting it from new places, you know, places where they weren't getting it from before. So they have to figure out: Do we use pipeline? Do we use rail? Do we use barges? And all of them lately seem to be encountering difficulties. And we're not sure if it's just because of the the tar sands oil being of a different nature or if it's because they're doing more transportation or because the systems are aging. But whatever it is, we it seems that almost every week we hear about a major accident. And this time it's a barge. Well, like the article says, I guess at least they're getting creative, you know. <laughs> it gets kind of old, you know, every week saying, oh, there was another pipeline leak or there was another train explosion. Now they're spilling it in creative ways. All right, so this one, this one, uh, also on a fossil fuel topic here. We talk about that a lot on your community spirit. This one is called Frack Happy Colorado Clamps Down on Methane Pollution. Frackers and other companies that handle natural gas will have to start being at least a little bit neighborly in Colorado, where new rules will force them to clamp down on methane leaks from wells, tanks, and pipelines. When methane escapes during drilling and transportation, it fuels ozone pollution and global warming. Methane concentrations in the atmosphere are rising, and methane leaks are a major problem in the U.S. By one recent estimate, the U.S. EPA has understated the problem by a half. To start trying to tackle the problem, Colorado's Air Quality Commission voted 8 to 1 on Sunday to adopt the nation's first state regulations dealing with methane leaks. Regulations that the Natural Resource Defense Council has previously described as, quote, common-sense measures to reduce harmful pollution. Volatile organic compounds, compounds will also be regulated under the new rules. Now, to me, it just seems like common sense. You know, if, if I, as an individual, were to release noxi noxious uh, chemicals into the atmosphere, uh, I would probably get in trouble for it. So if companies are doing that, we need to find some way to stop it from happening or, you know, fees regulation, and that seems to be what they're doing. Now, some countries countries have already um, moved to impose and create moratoriums on fracking. The country of Los Angeles has been paying attention to Hollywood a little more than a year after the release of Promised Land, a movie about the dangers of fracking star Matt Damon. Members of the L.A. City Council have, are trying to ban hydraulic fracking. Quote, fracking 
and other unconventional drilling is happening here in Los Angeles and without the oversight and review to keep our neighbors safe, end quote. Councilman Mike Bonin said during a committee hearing on Tuesday. Here's a little more from the LA Times. The council is slated to vote on Friday to draft new rules that would prohibit hydraulic fracturing and other forms of well stimulation in Los Angeles until the council is sure they are safe. Now, several Los Angeles complained during the Tuesday's committee hearing about vibrations and other problems that they blamed on oil extraction activities at nearby wells. Our walls are crumbling, quoted. Um, our sidewalks are pulling apart and cracking. Now, this, is, this move coincides with the renewed effort by California lawmakers to impose a moratorium on fracking across the whole state. Now, I mean, part of that has been um, the fact that California is under a record-breaking drought and fracking is a lot of water. So yeah. environmentalists have been particularly critical of fracking in California. So, I mean, not only do they use a lot of water, the high potential of contamination of drinking water and then the generation of actually billions of barrels of polluted water is a big issue. Yeah. So. Yeah, it seems like one of those things that, I mean, fracking isn't really, from what I can tell, good for anywhere. But bringing it into an area with a shortage of water and a tendency towards earthquakes and bad air quality, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like the ideal place to not do it. <laughs> So maybe that's why they're aware of the situation and realizing, you know what, we've got enough earthquakes, we've got enough water shortages, maybe we don't need fracking after all. Right. Right. And they're, they're going with, I mean, it's interesting to me because they're doing both the local and the state level attempts at moratorium or ban. I mean, we we currently in Illinois have regulation allowing fracking. I say currently because, you know, regulations can be changed. And because of that, we have local efforts such as Johnson County and elsewhere trying to, uh, to have referendums and such to ban fracking in their county or in their city. So if it's available at the state level, then sometimes all you can do is try to protect your own county from it. Right. Yeah. Um, what the frack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, well, this, this one isn't entirely news, but I... the. The, the way that they're reporting on it is news. I mean, specifically what they're saying is news. U.S. and U.K. science academies explain climate change reality in a new joint report. This is some big major news here. Man-made global warming is worsening and will disrupt both the natural world and human society, warns a joint report of two of the world's leading scientific organizations. Now, it's big news. I mean, we, we've read dozens of stories about this being the case, and uh, there's a vast consensus among scientists that this is the case but because it's these two it's the u.s national academy of sciences and the royal society are teaming up to uh, release an unusual plain language report on climate change that addressed 20 issues in a question and answer format quote people do have persistent questions all about climate change said study author ben santer of the lawrence livermore national lab in california quote this is a one-stop shop for many of those questions Increases in extreme weather, melting glaciers, and rising seas and oceans, getting oceans getting more acidic, is already happening, the 36-page report said. And those changes, quote, are expected to increase greater 
warming and will threaten food production, freshwater supplies, coastal infrastructure, and especially the welfare of the huge population currently living in low-lying areas, the report said. So yeah, it's it's happening and it's causing serious consequences. And they took the unusual step of releasing a, a plain language report summarizing the findings, you know. They're major scientific institutions, so often their their reports are very complex and such, but they want to be sure that policymakers and the general public understands that man made global warming is here, it's getting worse, and it's disrupting the natural world and human societies. Well, that sounds like nothing. <laughs> we survive. Yeah, no big deal. The entire climate of our planet is being turned into an inhospitable climate. I'm sure we'll be fine. Well, this one guy in China disagrees with you. <laughs> oh, really? The guy in China is trying to sue the government over the terrible smog. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name or the name of the city. Um... His name is Lee. Yeah. Lee lives in a Chinese city, which you've probably never heard of, which is, but it's gigantic. It's in the capital of the northern province, Habib. Has a metro population of about 10 million. That's the same with about Chicago or D.C. And it's among the country's 10 worst cities for smog pollution. Living there, Lee has not only put his lungs at risk, but his wallet too. He has spent a boatload of money on, quote, face masks, an air purifier, and a treadmill to get indoor exercise, Reuters reports. And now he's suing the Chinese government to make it stop. He submitted his complaint to a district court asking the city's Municipal Environmental Protection Aid Bureau to, quote, perform its duty to control air pollution according to the law, end quote. He is also seeking compensation from the agency for residents for the choking pollution that has engulfed his city and much of northern China this winter. Quote, The reason that I'm proposing administrative compensation is to let every citizen see that Amin this haze were the real victims. He was quoted as saying by the newspaper. Um, now, the district court doesn't have to accept the case. It'll take a few days to decide, Bloomberg News reports. Now, he's only asking... Uh, U.S. dollars, sixteen thirty-five, so $1,635 in damage. But you know, if you pay for one guy's indoor treadmill, you're going to have to pay for all of them. <laughs> yeah, maybe everyone so, in his province will get a free treadmill. <laughs> uh, I mean, what do you think? Do you think we can sue an agency for not doing their job? Well, you, I, I don't know the Chinese legal system very well. I know in the U.S. you can. Um, it's kind of endearing that he, he's someone who still believes that environmental protection agencies uh, exist to protect the public rather than protect industry. That's very charming, really. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, well, you know... Nobody's suing. Are, are people in the U.S. suing, you know, different agencies for not doing their job? They do sometimes. I don't know if anyone is currently suing the the, the EPA over this issue, but they lawsuits do come up. But I in, in China, I think an individual pursuing this is somewhat unprecedented, which is why they made it it made it into international news. Yeah. And it sounds like they may just decide not to take the case and not even dignify him with a response. But it, at least he's trying. You know, he's trying to protect his own air quality. 
And that's something that everyone can do is try to find ways to protect their own ability to breathe. I mean, I I guess that's controversial nowadays to say I want to protect the air that I breathe so that I can actually breathe. But I tend to feel that way. Yeah. Just like... um, I like breathing. Holidays. Yeah. You have something more? Oh, no. (laughs) Um, It's the end of February. Today is the last day of February. That means there's two weeks, no, is it three weeks till spring? Yeah. According to the um, white man's calendar, right? (laughs) Yeah. So nature might not listen. Let's see. Today is Floral Design Day and the National Tooberry Day. Yeah, coming up on Saturday, it's National Horse Protection Day, National Pig Day. Oh, it's Peace Corps Day, a day celebrating the Peace Corps. And plan a solo vacation day, so you can go off on a wild weekend adventure. (laughs) But you've got to go solo, because it's plan a solo vacation day. I don't like this day. It's refired, not retired day. (laughs) Yeah, not. I haven't heard of that one before, so I'm not sure what that one's all about. Sunday, March 2nd, is Read Across America Day and the birthday of Theodore Dr. Seuss. Yeah, I wonder if that's why they picked it for uh, Read Across America Day. Because, you know, Dr. Seuss, especially for children, he's one that many children read, so Read Across America Day. So, yeah, coming up, I Want You to Be Happy Day is coming up on Monday. So it can help other people in your life be happy. Yeah, we'll just give you one day to be happy, but... Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, National Anthem Day. It's uh, also What If Cats and Dogs Had Opposable Thumbs Day. I think that every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's for the best that they don't, probably. You know, they, they'd probably take over. Now, coming up on Tuesday... It's the 4th of March. Yeah. And that's the day you say, may the 4th be with you, right? Yeah, may the 4th be with you. (laughs) Yeah, so March 4th is March 4th and Do Something Day. It's also the National Day of Unplugging. What that is, is a day of practicing unplugging and turning off all of your electrical things and see if you can make it through one day. Yeah. It's like a practice to say if the power goes out, a practice to just relax and I don't know. I don't know if I could. I, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it like on a, a half day. I do it pretty much every week on a Sunday. But I don't think I could do a whole day of not, you know, checking my email, not using the phone, just, you know, unplugging and relaxing. Yeah. But it sounds like it would be a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. And, you know, like you said, there are days when I do it most of the day, maybe, but then at some point I'll replug and check email and such. So, uh, yeah, on Tuesday you can march forth and unplug and go do something it's outdoors. It's World Day of Prayer, so it's like a day of doing good things. Yeah. <laughs> you can unplug and have prayer and reflection that day or meditation. So, yeah, coming up on Wednesday, Crispus Attics Day. We have a park here, Attics Park, that's named after Crispus Attics. We also have, let's see, Namesake Day coming up on Thursday. 
So if you're named after someone, or if someone is named after you, it's a day to celebrate that fact. I don't know if you know this, but in Poland, people are um, have their birthday and then they have their name day. Because the country allows so many, I want to say 600 names mm-hmm. that are recognized names. And so, of course, people are go by nicknames because, you know, there's a zillion of the same name. Yeah. But, you know, you have your birthday and then you have your name day. And name day is, you know, you along with half the country. Well, not half the country. <laughs> one six hundredth of the country. Yeah. There's six hundred. Have the same day. Mm-hmm. So it's like you get, I don't suppose you get together with people who have the same name or not, but they have name day. So... Yeah, I know I've heard of that before. Maybe it was a year or two ago on Namesake Day when we talked about Namesake Day. There you go. All right, let's talk about some happenings coming up here in in the local community. We have Open Mic Night coming up tonight at 7 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Express yourself in a comfortable coffeehouse-style environment. Everyone's invited. It's a good time over there, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Guy House, 913 South Illinois. And every Saturday, there's the Carbondale Community Farmer's Market inside the Carbondale Community High School. That's Saturdays from 9 until noon. And they do accept Link. And they're indoors. And you get to meet a lot of, you know, faces of agriculture and get a lot of the taste of what Southern Illinois has to offer. Sounds like a good time. This is a really fun one. Let's. Have you ever seen the... The sort of giants, paper mache, political puppets, uh, type puppets. Oh, like they're like ten foot tall or something. Yeah, yeah, like ten foot tall. They had them at the Frack Free Fest recently. Um, well, you can learn how to make your own. There's a workshop coming up, Beloved Puppetistas Puppet Making Training. It's coming up on Saturday, March first, from nine a.m. to four p.m. at the SIU Theater Department in the Communications Building. They're doing this puppet making training. Uh, with the beloved puppetistas who were involved in that events and others. And it's a training for volunteers, educators, and anyone that wants to participate in the exciting All Species Parade that's happening on Earth Day this year, on April 22nd. So you can learn how to make the puppets, and talented puppetista Ron Narverson is going to be at the SIU Theater Department in the Communications to build, Building to help you do that. Uh, and it's also... It's an opportunity to learn how to make these puppets, and also, if you enjoy it, you can go to a couple of other community workshops coming up and help teach puppet making, too. And there's going to be one of those... It's not just that day. It's a lot of different days. Yeah. It's a lot of different days. It's an experience, you know. If you go there and you like it, you can help teach it, or you can help do the puppeteering on Earth Day. So it's a really fun time. I mean, you have almost... Almost two months to make your puppet, so you can learn how to make it and then um, plan it and do a good job of putting it together and then have it there for the birthday, April 22nd. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so if you like the idea, you can go search for it on Facebook or you can contact kbrussell at gmail.com if you want to RSVP or if you have any questions. Also on Saturday the first day of March, the weekly vigil for peace and justice. That's the Carbondale Town Square, corner of Illinois and Maine. The weekly vigil 
for peace and justice happens every Saturday from noon to one at the town square in Carbondale. Standing up and standing out since December 2001. Sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois and Fellowship of Reconciliation. Yes. And it looks like we're out of time, so I'm just going to skip ahead to this last one quickly. Southern Illinois Got Talent and Elvis impersonator Matt Joyce. This is a Good Samaritan Ministries benefit. Uh, the Good Samaritan Ministries is provides uh, emergency shelter and food and housing and such to those in need. And this is a benefit for them. It's a talent show. It's an Elvis impersonator. It's coming up on Saturday, March 8th at 7 p.m. at the Marion Cultural and Civic Center. So all the proceeds from the concert will go to benefit Good Sam. For more info, you can call 618-457-5794. I mean, there's a cash prize here, so I would guess that the town contest people are really talented. Yeah, they've already gone through one phase to get to select the 10 who they thought were the best, and then the 10 on that night are going to compete. So you get to see the finest talent Southern Illinois has to offer. All right, well, this has been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirits. Hope you've enjoyed it at least half as much as we have. <laughs> and thanks for calling in, Or. I'm glad we were able to reach you across the waves. Will do. I'll see you again, hopefully, on the radio next week. Yes, we'll see you next week on the radio.